Had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, there'd be no blessed assurance. But there was and there is. There was a place. Galgotha's Hill. Where Jesus paid it all. Said it's finished. And because of that, because of what he's done, we get to enjoy and embrace blessed assurance. Because of the love of God, the central theme of the Bible, and it manifests in many different ways, the central theme is the love of God. Plain and simple. He loves us in spite of us. His love is unconditional. His love is without end. It's without measure. It's not limited love. It's not conditional love. It's the love of God that surpasses understanding, surpasses reasoning. Yet Jesus... God in the flesh, God's Son, the greatest lover of all. You can look in your Bibles to see the words, I love you, and you look without success because he never said, I love you, with words. But he did with deeds and actions and the life that he lived and the sacrifice that he made and the price that he gave. And I'm going to look at a short passage of scripture tonight and we're going to see how he demonstrated his love so that we can imitate him as Christians. We talk regularly about how the definition of Christian is what? Christ-like. We need to be perpetually being changed to look more like him, think more like him, talk more like him, act more like him in order to maintain a healthy Christian growth so that we can be pursuing his image, that I can be changed into his image. Romans over there where it says to him, that he did foreknow. Looking down the corridors of time in his omnipotence and his all-knowingness. Let me clear something up in your mind. He did not make us out of a cookie cutter and predetermine who would and who would not be saved. He did not make us out of a cookie cutter and predetermine who would and who would not be saved. He gave us all a will. He gave us all the ability to make a choice. He said, I sit before you life and death. Choose life. Why? Because we've all been 
conceived in sin. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's none of us righteous in and of ourselves. We can't be good enough. We can't give enough money. We can't sing enough songs. We can't preach enough sermons. Although all of that stuff is good. There's one thing that saves us. And that's receiving the gift of eternal life. That comes only by the way of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The shed blood on Calvary's hill. Now, if we keep that ever before us, and we have to learn the process of becoming like him along the journey, you're going to encounter some situations and some circumstances that they're, they're not going to taste good. They're not going to be a whole lot of fun. You know, that turning the other cheek stuff, it's hard to get that down. It really is. Better not get the metal in there too much. But in that pursuit of becoming like him, if we'll listen to the words in red, observe the story being told over and over again of all the different circumstances. And watch how he responded and watch how he acted. Watch what he did. That is the pattern and the example for you and I as to how we should respond. I'm more visual than auditory. In fact, most of us are. Most of us retain more of what we see than what we hear. So I want to see it over and over and over and over again in God's Word how to handle situations. Now, right before we read, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 20. In case you want to follow along in your Bible, uh, I pray if you're playing games on your phone, acting like you're reading the Bible, I pray your phone will blow up. <laughs> oh, be careful. But Jesus had just told his disciples for the third time about he was about to be put to death. And then the mother of Zebedee's sons comes and hits him up about wanting him to let her boys sit on his right hand and his left hand and asking for a place of favor. And we pick up the story in chapter 20. Verse 9, and it simply says, Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and he called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and they followed him. I'd like to talk to each of us that are children of God, sons and daughters of God, as to how to uh, be effective for the kingdom while you're here on earth. I won't be long doing it. The first point I'd like to 
bring out to you, you'll find in verses 29 and 30, and it's simply this, that we begin to focus on individuals and not on the crowds. Most of us gravitate towards the crowds and we exclude the individuals. But if we'll begin to listen to that one that's off at a distance, we'll hear, hear a cry in our spirit that he's enduring some things. Let's not forget that Jesus, even on the cross, as he's about to die, he remembered that thief on the cross, that one, how he remembered him. And we see in Acts chapter 8, I believe it is, where the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Philip, who was doing, in the middle of a great revival. And he told him, he said, get up from here and go towards Gaza, which is desert. And he sends him out there to reach one Ethiopian eunuch. I want you to know that in the New Testament we see the parable of the, the sheep. Well, not the parable, but the story where there's a man that had a hundred sheep and he's, one of them's missing and he says, leave the ninety-nine and go after the one. We have somehow in the kingdom of God and in our individuals' lives, we have lost the importance and the perspective of one. My Bible declares, as does yours, said all of heavens rejoice over one sinner come home. They have a fado do, they have a breakdown in heaven, they celebrate over one sinner that comes home. Now I'm thankful for the crusades where hundreds and thousands come to the Lord, but it's important enough for that one that Jesus talks about it regularly, you see, and when they focused on those two men instead of the crowds. Good things are about to happen. And if you and I, as we travel through life, will be sensitive to what's going on around the crowd, we'll, we'll be more effective. And that will bring me to my second point. It's in verse 30. We've got to learn to listen deeply to the cries of other people. You know, somehow, somehow, generally speaking, the church, which is us, people, we have lost the importance of the Great Commission. Going into the highways and byways and compelling people to come to Christ. I've said it before and I'll give it to you again real quickly that 78% of all churches in America, of all denominations are decreasing in attendance. Of the remaining 22%, 19% are maintaining based on people coming from other churches that are shopping and church hopping and however you want to label that. But that leaves only 3% of all churches, of all denominations, that are growing the way it's supposed to, and that's through conversions. That's through reaching the lost. My friends, there's a world full of broken, hurting, wounded, lonely people out there that we have a God of hope to give them. We have a, a God of love, a God of understanding, a God of power and peace and purpose that we can share with them that can transform not only their lives but their circumstances and their situations. But we've got to get to that place that we are willing to listen to people. 
Look at the church body in general like this. We're a corpse that's bleeding out. Diminishing in numbers. Why? Because our legs have been amputated and we've quit going into the highways and byways. Our arms have been amputated and we, because we've quit reaching out to the wounded and those around us in our communities and our next door neighbors in often some cases. Our eyes have been gouged out and we've stopped looking under the fields that are white under harvest. And we're bleeding out. That's why our churches are dwindling and dying is because we've lost the sense of urgency and the importance of going and telling and doing and reaching that one. Because we don't have time to listen to them. Thirdly, in verse 32, we've got to learn to take time. See, Jesus stood still. Stopped his movement, stopped his forward motion, stopped his journey, and he stood still when he heard those cries. Sometimes words aren't necessary. Sometimes if you'll just give someone an ear, that's what they need. You've heard it said before, this is not original to me, but it is true and it is powerful and it's simply this. The world doesn't care how much you know until they know how much you care. How will they know that? They said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples and that you have love one for another. Grade your own paper. Check your own life. Take time. Fourthly, in verse 32, we've got to find out the needs of other people. You see there in verse 32 where Jesus simply said, What will ye that I should do for you? Sometimes people are after money and a handout, no doubt. Most often I find that the, that the, that the need is deeper in that they need to find somebody that cares. They might not even know what their real need is. See the guy sitting at the gate going into the temple that was asking alms of Peter and them. He thought what he needed was money. But what he really needed was to be healed where he could go get a job and make his own money. That's why Peter says, look on me. He says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, give I thee. Maybe you don't have money to give. But you've got an answer to give them. The hope that they'll find in Christ Jesus. If you'll but take the time. Find out what their need is. Then fifthly in verse 34. We've got to learn to love others just like Jesus did. Because it says, so Jesus had compassion on them. Love them right where they are. Just like they are. We... In our good intents, sometimes I've heard it said that we're so uh, heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. And sometimes we feel like, well, if you'll just come and start going to church with me, or if you'll do this and do that, then we'll help you. No, help them first. I wish somebody smarter than me would do a Bible study and get me some percentages. The number of times that Jesus was confronted with a situation that he did not first 
meet the need. And then he dealt with the spiritual issue. I can't think of any. I'm not going to say that there's not any. But I can't think of any where Jesus didn't first meet the need and then say your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. The example to us is to help when and where we can. Because then they'll know we care and then they'll be more open to hear and to receive what you have to say about Jesus. So learn to love. In fact, his word says this. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Sometimes we become cold and hard-hearted. Yeah, there are a bunch of scams and fakes and sorry suckers out there in the world that will abuse and use any and everybody and everything that they can. But Jesus died for them. If we can keep that in our understanding, we won't allow ourselves to become hard-hearted and uncaring about people. I've strived for a long time and with God's help he's gotten me there to where I used to when I saw people sitting on the side of the road at the intersections and got a dog so fat he can't walk and they're begging money and all that I used to think I wonder how they got to be like that. I wonder what happened that they're on the street. But I read that story where Jesus and his disciples were passing by and there was that man that was born blind. And his disciples said, Master, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither one. In fact, the message translation says it like this. He says, you're asking the wrong questions. You should be saying, look what an opportunity for God to do a miracle. Granted, some people are sitting out there on that corner shaking that can, holding that sign, got more money than you and I do. Where's my wife at? No, I, I, she's not fixing to get out there on the corner, I don't think. But <laughs> One day, we were in Wendy's. You remember this? Up there at uh, Burt Coons and... Well, there's a couple of them that work that intersection, and they work in shift work. One will sit out there for a while, and they'll tag team, and the other one goes in Wendy's and eats a hamburger and french fries, and they got them a little house built over there behind the truck stop out in the woods. And I'm sitting there, and it's a man and a woman. i got to be careful, Dewey. <laughs> there's a man and a woman, and she comes in, She'd been out there rattling the can, shaking the bucket or whatever. And she pulls out her iPhone. Now I'm hearing the conversation, me and Glenda. She calls her sister and texts her camera and says, I need you to move some money from such and such account over to the, uh, such and such account. And I went, are you kidding me? <laughs> now granted, I know there are legit needs. I also know there are cons. But whether they be a con or a le legit need, they all need Christ. And we have to guard against becoming hard-hearted and where we're not moved or touched or that we don't care. We have to be 
be careful to not let that happen. And then lastly, we see in verse 34, where he touched them. He touched their eyes, where they're hurt, and their need is the greatest. If we'll follow the example that Jesus has set, we'll impact our communities. We'll make a difference in our families, our friends, our workforce, our schools, because we'll be different than the way the world thinks and the way the typical person would act. I want to challenge us right here at the onset of a new year to, be, to live purposefully, to make it an on-purpose thing this year, to see how much like Jesus you and I can become. Let's stop worrying about pulling anybody else's wagon. Let's pull our own. Let's step up and look in the mirror. The Bible says for every man to examine himself. Grade your own paper. To examine himself and to see if he be of the faith. Are you? Are you walking the way you know the word has said? This is a simple word I've given you tonight. It's a simple challenge that we're going to love like Jesus did. We want to act like Jesus did. And guess what? When we do, we'll see the results that Jesus did. Bow your heads. First thing I want to ask is that we're here tonight and you just say, be honest with yourself and you say, Dennis, I have unintentionally allowed myself to become hard and cold and not very much moves me anymore. And I realize that that's not the heart of God. And you don't want to be like that anymore. Could I see your hand? Anyone just slip it up, slip it right back down. Yes, yes. Hands all over the place. Put it back down. Yes. It's simple. Ask God to help forgive you. And to help you. Learn to not judge with God's help. Remembering that His Word says, Judge not lest you be judged. For with what measure you judge, you shall be judged. Now go on and make it however hard on them you want to in your judgment. But that's what's coming back to you. I choose to want the grace of God, the love of God, the understanding of God. I'll issue that challenge to you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Dennis, I'm lost. Just simply put, I'm not in a relationship with Jesus Christ and if I were to die, I'd probably go to hell. But I've heard of this Jesus of love and how He can forgive us of our sins and help us become a new man. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of living like I am. 
There's got to be more to life than just existing. There's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. Tonight I'd like to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins and to be my Savior. If that's you, could I see your hand? Anyone here, anywhere, just slip it up, slip it right back down. Yes, sir, thank you, young man. Anyone else? Very quickly, thank you, young lady. Anyone else? Maybe you're here tonight and you're that prodigal son or daughter that you thought you had a better way. You went and tried it your way and you've squandered most of your life and your money and things and stuff and you're miserable and you're in that pig pen out there. And like in that story, that prodigal son, it says, and when he came to his senses, he said, I need to go home. Tonight, if you're ready to come to your senses and return to your father and make a new commitment to him and get back where you belong, that's you. Could I see your hand? Anyone, anywhere? Just slip it up. Slip it right back down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. This is your time with God. He's dealing with your heart. You need to respond. Go ask one more time. Then I'm going to move on. You'd say, Dennis, that's me. I want to lay it down at the foot of the cross tonight. Anyone else? Very quickly. Thank you, sir. You're here tonight and you're emotionally crushed. You're wounded deeply. The sting of life has slapped you in the face hard. Could I see your hand? I want to pray for you. Anybody anywhere? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In the balcony. Anyone anywhere? Yes, get it up. Thank you, young lady. Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Look up here at me for just a moment. In Hebrews, I think it's 11.6, but don't hold me to that. But in Hebrews, it says, for us to cast all of our cares upon Him because He cares for us. I don't know the details, nor do I need to, as to what has crushed you and hurt you, that's got you to the place that you are, but I'm here to tell you I'm going to pray in just a minute. And I just simply want you to talk to the Lord about that. Give it to Him. He's going to help you. Bigger than you can handle. So get His help. Now for those of you that raised your hand to have your sins cleansed. I love every week the fact that we get to tell you the simplicity that Jesus loved you enough to come and die for you. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Easter Sunday morning walks out of a grave with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He stands and he says, If you believe that I'm the Son of God, that died, buried, and rose again, 
you believe that in, in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, your sins are cleansed. They're washed whiter than snow by the blood of Jesus. Then you're saved. Now you'll need to follow up with baptism and we'll talk about that later. But it's that simple. So would you bow your heads and with the knowledge of that I want to lead you in a prayer. And If you mean this in your heart, you're about to become a new creature, a new man, a new woman. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And I ask you now, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. Because I do believe you're God's Son, that you died for me. So I receive now the gift of life, eternal life. Help me, Lord, to understand your ways, to learn to live a life that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, you saw many hands go up across this place tonight that were emotionally crushed. You've come to pour in all where the spirit of heaviness is, to pour in life and liberty. You've come to give hope to the hopeless. And Lord, you know the details of every one of these that raised their hands tonight. We simply ask you to do what only you can do. Do a miracle in their life, Lord, and let them tonight find that, help them to find that newfound hope that's in you. I ask you, Lord, to come on the scene, to make the difference, to do it in a way that they know no man has done it, but that you have, that you would show yourself real, and alive and strong on their behalf that God that you would this night in a fresh way be real in their life once again touch our hearts take out that hard heart that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh let us feel like you feel Jesus let us be touched by people's feelings and infirmities to the point that we, like you, were moved with compassion and we wept. We prayed. We interceded and we saw an answer and a change to life. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. I want to make one announcement real quick uh, before Nathaniel takes over. Many of you will remember Homer and Shirley McGill who, before Open Range was built, came to my home when we were having home meetings and here in the church for many years. Homer went to his eternal home last night. And there will be a memorial service here Monday. Uh, visitation 1 to 3, services at 3. Uh, you help us get that word out and if you can come, you come and express your love for this family. There'll be more details. Uh, Kim's got them. Uh, thank you for praying for the family. Nate, you got you, Pastor. Mm -hmm. Yes, like he said, lift, keep that family lifted up in prayer. Aren't you thankful for the word Pastor had tonight? It's always challenging, always challenging. 
Well, uh, just a few quick reminders. Uh, next week, Ray Perryman will be here. So um, something to look forward to. If you'd like to get baptized, let us know in the church office so we can um, get a time together for that. The prayer meeting is still going on every Wednesday from 9 to 10. So everyone's welcome if you'd like, like to come uh, to that. And then uh, just a few quick other reminders. As usual, the tithe, box, tithe boxes are located by the doors. And uh, just give in that area as the Lord directs you. And then the, the prayer request list is on the, on the bulletin board. So um, help us keep that updated if you have, um, you know, if you know of anyone that has been healed or anything has changed, let us know uh, in the office. So let's dismiss in prayer. Father, we thank you for this challenging word tonight, Lord. God, help us to be more like you. Help us to be more and more like Jesus each and every day, Father. Help us to be intentional, Lord, about spreading the gospel to the world. Thank you for this wonderful place. Thank you for open range and the people here. I pray that you'd bless them more than they could imagine, Father. Give us a great week and bring us back next Thursday to praise your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. See you next week.
Thank you. 